Joining us now, ranked number four on the top 25 on the Corn Ferry Tour, just off his first win. Brandon Wu joins us. Brandon, welcome to the golf shop. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, man. Um, tell us, uh, tell us what you've got going on um, in the in the near future. I, I think just taking some time off. Are you? I think for me at least, <laughs> it was a little. It's kind of a sprint to the finish to end the year. Um, so yeah, and we don't have any more tournaments till January. So I'm looking forward to kind of just taking a little rest period. Congratulations on that win, Brandon. That's fantastic. Just fantastic. Thank you, Todd. You. Yeah, Brandon Todd here. Um, just uh, we were just talking off air at um, you know how much young talent is in the game right now, and I'm I'm sure you've you've played against and will continue to play against many of those guys as you your career progresses to the to the big tour moving forward. Um, in terms of influences, because I always like to ask guys this, because I'm 44. I mean, Tiger Woods was was a huge influence to me, but the younger guys are having different answers to that question now in terms of who they looked up to who they modeled their game after when they were coming up through the junior ranks and through college what's your answer to that question who whose game whose game inspired you what players inspired you who did you kind of look up to as you became the player that you are today yeah for sure i think growing up it's hard to say anyone else other than tiger honestly i think everyone watched tiger and everyone wanted to be like tiger Um, but i guess i will say like once i got to kind of high school and college um, and at Stanford, I would say I leaned on Maverick McNeely quite a bit. Wow. Um, he was the number one amateur in the world at the time um, when I got to school. Um, so, you know, kind of just learning from him and, you know, having that resource right there every day at practice, um, every time at qualifying was, was pretty helpful for me and kind of transitioning from high school to, to college and then trying to, take the next step after that as well okay and speaking about transitioning you're obviously getting ready to transition because you're going to be transitioning to playing with the big boys so to speak and in the future what aspects of your game right now are you looking at that need to go to the next level to be competitive and be able to win at that level yeah i i would say i think um I think inside 100 yards is the area I want to focus on these next couple months um, when I have some time off. Uh, I think that's mostly the wedging, um, a little bit of that, like the chipping as well around the greens. I think um, those are two areas where I can make the most improvement um, and then just try to continue to get a little bit more accurate off the tee, maybe try to hit a little bit farther and uh, keep that putting consistent. I think I'll be on a good trajectory for next year, hopefully. And we were looking also, you're, you're from New York, play out of New York. How did you get started in the game? I'm from Canada originally, so I always like asking people from the North how they got into golf, uh, because obviously there's so many other different things to play, especially through the winter, being from the Northeast. Yeah, for sure. So I actually, I was born in California, so I spent a little bit of time there, and that's kind of where I started with the golf. Um, but I guess when I was a little bit older and living in New York, I kind of just took the winters off and, and did other sports and I think that was good for me in a sense just because it kept me pretty fresh uh, and I didn't get burned out when I got to college when I you know, started playing more started playing every day and you know I feel like I still take that sort of like approach to it you know I'd, I'd take a couple months off fall winter time when we don't have anything when 
I guess I feel like some guys might kind of continue to practice and, and work on things, but I think it's valuable to take some time off and reset and prepare for the upcoming season. Brandon, getting back to uh, to I'm looking at your stats, and you know you were talking about practicing from 100 yards in. Um, it, we were talking earlier about that. I think everybody should spend more of their time from 100 yards in than than driving the golf ball. But you know, for a guy like you, who's who's um, third uh, in in greens and regulation, uh, greens and regulation on the Corn Ferry Tour, and then 14th with with Eagles, and and th- eighth with Birdies. Uh, I don't know uh, if I had numbers like that, I probably wouldn't be thinking about a hundred <laughs> yards in, man. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, really. Yeah. He, he can always go to yeah, one in all those categories. Though. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Did you hear what Todd just said, Brandon? He said you could always be number one in those categories, and that would probably just make it make it official, right? Yeah, I guess that is true. <laughs> um, do you is have you started? Uh, you're going to punch your ticket. Um, do you know have any idea where you're going to get to play coming up in at, at the first of the year? Um, so I think. I mean, scheduling scheduling is a big deal. I, I understand that, but touch on that. Yeah. So I think just it, it's nice this year. I mean, this or for next year because this year I kind of had to play a bunch of Monday qualifiers right. and uh, you know kind of float around and not know where I get to play. Um, but yeah, next year, kind of being able to plan out my corn fairy schedule will be nice. Um, I think I'll get starts into the opposite field PGA events as well. So I think there's, I want to say three, maybe four of those kind of maybe towards the middle of summer, end of the year. Um, so I'll get to play those. But yeah, I think just having them, I think it's worth having like a good plan and approach to you know, your off weeks and how many weeks you're playing in a row. Because I don't think it's necessarily the best strategy just to play every tournament. Um, I feel like some people might go about it that way, or you might feel like you're missing out points when you're not playing. But I think you know maximizing those points when you do play is, is more important than just playing everything you can. Brandon, one of the stories I read about you when we were doing a little research here was that you you did in fact miss your graduation from Stanford because you were playing the final round at the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Um, tell us a little bit about that story. That that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, that was that was an incredible day and an incredible week. So I think almost every year the Stanford's graduation falls on U.S. Open week, and mm. in the years past, like a few seniors have qualified for the U.S. Open, but no one's actually uh, made the cut to miss their graduation. So uh, I knew that up coming in this year, but yeah, I qualified for Pebble Beach and then ended up making the cut, and I knew that was you know <laughs> on a collision course. So. It was pretty special that Sunday. I was paired with Dustin Johnson, um, and we went around. And afterwards, um, the USGA was kind enough to put together a little mock graduation ceremony for me. So I got to present presented my diploma from Stuart Francis, who's the president of the USGA, uh, behind the 18th green at Pebble. So that was, you know, pretty that's, special. That's pretty awesome. That's uh, a fresh I'm sure. Story. Yeah. I was going to say, how would you juggle that? Do you sit there and say, well, the U.S. Open or – well, a diploma is just a piece of paper. I'm just going to go play in the U.S. Open, <laughs> right? Oh man, that's a great story. I bet there's not been many diplomas handed out after after the finish of a. I mean, I don't think that's ever happened. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's something that I'm sure you'll be telling friends and family for years to come. But uh, so you walk off the 18th green with Dustin Johnson, who was probably ranked, I don't know. 
probably one first, or close yeah. to it right. in the world at the time. And and here's your diploma presented to you by the USGA. Really, really cool story. Yeah. yeah. So Brandon, uh, you know the the um, majors are what everybody's always wanting to 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 get into. Um, you're going to practice on your short game a little bit from 100 in and end up first in all those categories, which can, which is going to qualify you for all those majors as, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> Any other plans this winter? I mean, you're just going to take it easy. Um, I think, yeah, just take cool. it easy for a little bit. Um, and yeah, I think work on the things. Because I feel like some people might not realize, but when we're playing so much golf during the season, it's actually kind of tough to – too much work i feel like you know mm-hmm. just because you're you're playing every week you got to just show up and you have what you have and you go out and play <laughs> so it's not necessarily okay like let me spend this week trying to do this and trying to fix this so i think it's quite valuable time as well just to have um you know no tournaments really upcoming and kind of get to assess and and work on those things so yeah, i'm kind of looking forward to that along with taking time off i think we have seen that with with many tour pros over the last really tiger kind of started it yep. with with the load management you know uh, for lack of a better term and in, in terms of targeting that not only the events that you play well in but the ones that make the most sense schedule wise for travel and mm-hmm. giving you mm-hmm. that opportunity to decompress or work on your game between events so um, the question I have is, is do you have a target number of events over the course of a regular season? Is it, is it a 15 to 20 type number? Is it, you know, some guys will play 20 plus the sweet spot seems to be in that 18 to 22 range now. Um, what are what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think that sounds about right, but honestly, like I haven't really played a full season yet, so I, I have no idea like how many I could handle or, you know, do in a row. Like I think this year I went through stretch of six in a row and then four in a row to end the year. Um, so, yeah, I never played more than maybe two weeks in a row before that. Probably so exhausted. Kind of going along and figuring out how many I could play and, you know, like what I felt week to week. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's about right. Um, probably try and space those out a little bit. Um, maybe I was – my initial thought is, like, hopefully, like, three in a row, take a week off or so just to keep fresh. Um, I think that's – something that some of my friends have done uh, and it's worked well for them, but also depends on like where it is and, you know, what kind of event it is, I guess, too. So we'll see. Brandon Stanford just seems to pump out touring pros. It's just, uh, you know, on the, on the female side and the male side. And what's the secret, man? I mean, I mean, what's, what's Stanford got that a lot of these other schools don't have? I mean, obviously good players, (laughs) but I mean, it's got to be the coaches. and, And I mean, tell us a, tell us a day in the life of a Stanford golfer. Yeah, I think obviously the coaching is phenomenal on, on both sides, the men's and women's. Um, I'd say I feel like Stanford prepares you well um, for afterwards because it just it challenges you uh, both on the golf course and on the academic side, and especially with the two combined. Yeah. Um, so I think it just kind of uh, like builds character. I feel like and and helps you learn quickly about yourself and what you can do. And um, so yeah, we would have. I guess workouts in the morning and then you'd go to class for half the day and then you'd go to practice and or go play qualify. And then afterwards you'd have to do your homework and get ready for the next day. Yeah. So, you know, having kind of a, a busy schedule and having all these different commitments um, and kind of being in an environment where everyone's pushing each other to, to be the best, I think is, is really good and helps people uh, kind of come out running 
after they graduate and uh, you know, keep pursuing what they want to pursue. Yeah. One of the first great players I ever saw that was coming out of Stanford was Tom Watson. And I was thinking at the time, because I've been following, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an old guy, but, you know, how does how do you go from Missouri to Stanford? I mean, and, and that was way before all, all of the, you know, how all of this works with scholarships and all that stuff. I mean, you know, I understand yeah. that his family probably pushed him to go to Stanford just because of the education, but, man, did they produce a golfer with Tom Watson. Yeah, the the Ohio State somehow got Jack to stay home. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Well, but he's 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 purely an Ohio guy for yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, Brandon, we'll be we'll be following your career um, from this point forward. There's surely a lot of exciting things for you on the horizon, um, and uh, we wish you well. And and uh, <clears throat> we'll definitely keep an eye on you moving into 2021. Yeah, sweet. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on the show. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, we'll we'll have you again. Go win another tournament, man. We'll have you on every week or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the plan. Good thank, luck and thank, play well. Yeah.